everyone, I'm Christine, and this is UniLife with Canvas Addingham. This week, I'm interviewing Amy Hughes. Amy, along with her husband, Johnny, helped lead a church in the city called Trinity Church Nottingham. And she has been somebody I have spent a lot of time with over the past few years, and she has so much wisdom to share. Today on the episode, we're going to be talking about the heavy and also very relatable topic of shame. I heard Amy speak about shame a couple years ago, and it really impacted my life in a lot of good ways, and I hope that today's conversation does the same for you. Let's jump in. So this morning, I'm so excited for all of you guys to hear from one of my closest friends and favorite people. This morning, or today, you're going to be hearing from Amy Hughes. We're going to be talking about the topic of shame. And um, when I first heard her share about this, it really impacted my life, both in an encouraging way and in a challenging way. And so I'm so excited for you guys to all get to hear her share a bit about her journey um, and experience of shame and just like the work that has, that God has done in her life. Um, And so thanks so much for taking time out of your day today to be with us, Amy, and share. Oh, yeah, amazing. Thanks for having me. It's always <laughs> fun to have a little chit-chat with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think, obviously, shame is kind of like a, a heavy topic. Um, I think it's something that a lot of people experience, but it's not really talked about much because it's not really fun to discuss or it's not really a a conversation starter that a lot of people choose to bring up in a social setting. And so um, just for starters, like what exactly when we're talking about shame, like what is shame? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, this is a great definition um, and then I'll unpack it. Um, But this is, so, so shame is, um, an unpleasant sort of self-conscious emotion, um, like, and it says here, uh, typically associated with a negative evaluation of yourself, basically. You might withdraw motivation, um, feelings of um, distress or mistrust or exposure. Um, I also have got another, another quote that I found really helpful when talking about shame. This is a book... Shame and Grace, brilliant book. Um, and it says, it says, what then is shame? What does it feel like? And how do we know when we have it? Um, shame is a very heavy feeling. It's a feeling that we do not measure up or maybe never will measure up to the sorts of persons we feel we, we're meant to be. The feeling when we are conscious of it gives us a vague sort of disgust with ourselves, which in turn feels like a hunk of lead on our hearts. Um, and so I think really in simple language, um, shame, you know, shows up and it manifests in lo- loads of different ways, which we'll probably go into, but it's the sense of, um, you know, your, you know, when you have that feeling of, oh, I can't believe I did that, or, oh, you're such an idiot, or, oh, what's that person going to think? And it sort of even makes your body kind of 
shrink. You want to hide. You want to run away. It's like, someone cover me up. Like, you know, we've all had those feelings, haven't we? You know, um, and they and they come in all sorts of different ways and at lo- and all sorts of different times. But there's just, uh, yeah, so, yeah, just the, that that is shame. We are experiencing shame um, in those moments. Um, does that help as a as a definition in that sense? Yeah, definitely. I think it puts some context around a word that is commonly used, but may be hard to initially assess or identify an yeah. experience of that. Yeah. What um, has been your personal journey around this topic? Yeah. Um yeah, I've been on a really, um, yeah, I, it's been an incredible journey, actually, for me in this area. Um, so I um, I grew up, I, you know, I grew up going to church, um, but um, I never really owned my faith myself. And I actually went to university, and I'm sure a lot of shame... Um, was already there but I when I got to university it began to really manifest itself um, and uh, and at, at my time at university which I'm sure I don't know if any of you can relate I just started to um, it's like my eyes were um, were open in a new way in some ways to myself to I had control over my life you know I had control over what I ate for dinner because my mum would have fed me you know, all of the time up to when I was 18. And suddenly I got to choose. Um, I got to choose what I did with my time. I got to choose when I did my work. And it actually became um, too much for me, um, sort of having to take responsibility. Um, and so, and it, and I think um, that sense of, I'm not capable of doing this, you know, that shame of, I, you know, I'm, and again, it's all unconscious, isn't it? But it, but for me, it manifested in um, just became um, very obsessive about myself. So I, um, it, you know, I, I had a, a really um, unhealthy relationship with food um, and, you know, not thinking that I was um, pretty enough or skinny enough or um, clever enough, you know. And so I would it just. It, it sort of manifested in this striving um, and around the, the beauty stuff. It just, I just, um, you know, I couldn't get to the gym enough. I couldn't get skinny enough. I couldn't be um, pretty enough. And so um, the judge of who I was, you know, this sort of image in my head, I was just never going to get there. And so I just felt terrible about who I was, which then led to levels of, depression and I just didn't want to leave I just didn't want to leave my room and um, I just wouldn't get involved with stuff I didn't make good friends because I was so obsessed with myself Um, and so really that was where it all kind of came to a head for me um, where I really realized you know oh I've I've got really I've got a real sort of um, bad sense of self here Um, and um and it and for me personally i know this isn't you know everyone's story but for me um i had um an encounter with god i began a journey of trying to figure out whether i believed in god myself and it just firstly began with asking a lot of questions that i 
probably felt like I should have known growing up in the church, but just didn't know, you know, asked loads of questions about um, faith and spirituality and I did Alpha, which some of you might have heard about, which was a really good way of discussing some of those questions. And I had an encounter, I met God, I had a moment where I felt God's presence with me. Um, and really from that moment, on where I I just knew in my Noah my Noah mother you know that um that God was real um and in that in that moment I my eyes were opened to a different you know a sort of a different judge of who I am does that make sense so yeah. I I was so occupied with you know, I was the one that said I wasn't this or I wasn't good enough or I wasn't pretty enough or I wasn't, you know, or, you know, you're an idiot or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I met this God who had a completely different say about who I was. And that just shifted my perspective. It took my eyes off myself. And and my journey has really been um, trusting and acknowledging who God says I am you know, um, and, and again, that's been, you know, a lot of heart stuff, but a lot of, you know, choosing, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to enter into this or, you know, we can go into that maybe a bit later, but, um, but yeah, for me, it's been a, a sort of about peeling back um, some of the shame and the defenses that I put up to protect myself and actually have, have become more comfortable with the imperfect person that I am because God says it's it's actually pretty good because I made it and you're mine and I created you and I say yes over your life you know and so it's actually just receive it so it's a transition that happened for me um, and it's in its an ongoing journey yeah I definitely resonate with that for people who are listening obviously for you you know your your journey around shame has was intersected in with your relationship with God. And like, that's what transformed it. What about for somebody who would identify as like a non-Christian who's listening, who, you know, I think shame is something that basically everyone at some point in their life experiences. And so um, like, what would you say to somebody who's listening, who may not identify with the faith sides of things, but be at the place where, you know, as you're talk starting to unpack what shame is, resonate with that? Yeah, I think so much of it is, um, is, a, I mean, for me, it's just a lot around our bad self-talk. Um and I think we have a we have we can have a choice in how we speak over ourselves. Um, and I think it's about um, finding someone, you know, finding those friends or that can begin to speak life into you. It's like this is what I see. This is who I think that you are. Um, and I, you know, I, you know, I, I really think that social media, and I know that it's great and um, in some ways, but it's, it can be so damaging because I think with social media, what it does is it shows us what we're not constantly. You're not this, you're not pretty enough, or you haven't got this thing, or you're not quite, you know, you're quite not, you're not invited to that thing that those people are having fun at. Whatever it is, it, it breeds this kind of, oh, but you're not good enough or you're not that. And it's basically reinforcing the shame that we already feel. 
Um, and so I think the challenge would be to someone who is who resonates with this is to actually find different voices, um, find different voices in your life that will um, speak life into you, who you are, what I see you're, you, what you're good at, you know, um, as a first start for sure. Because I think we, the thing we can control is what's going in, you know, what we're feeding off, what we're watching, what we're listening to, all of that. Um, and then it will begin to um, build up our sense of worth and self in that sense. Um, Definitely. I can, as you're talking about that, I just think about the people, you know, who are in my life and, you know, that I choose to spend time with. And the reason I choose to spend time with them is not because of what they don't have, but it's because of what they do have, you know, what the great qualities they do possess. And that what is what attracts me to them. Um, and so I think that that is a great um, perspective to think about it, kind of the role reversal, think about, you know, the way that we see other people and are drawn to them and allow other people to speak that from their perspective into our lives. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's been a game changer for me. I just used to make really bad friendships or I would be on this sort of, um, I guess even a sort of, a bit of a um, a treadmill of wanting to please, you know, and, and wanting to make people who wouldn't be that kind like me <laughs> and actually realized, actually, let's just make, let's just make great friends with people who are going to want me to become better or want me to become more the person I was made to be or want to, you know, cheer me on. Um, and I think more and more, we just love, you know, just see people loving, tearing people down. Um, and I just, and I, yeah, I just, I really encourage you to take a really good look at who you're choosing to spend time with. If you want to sort of begin to step out of some of this stuff, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. What do you think shame is rooted in or where do you think it comes from? Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, again, for me, um, uh, coming, I, I, I am, as you know, lead a church. So this is coming from a biblical perspective. Um, and this is where I think the origins of um, shame um, you know, some of you will have heard the first book in the Bible, um, Genesis, uh, where God created us, you know, he's, he's created um, humans to be um, sustained and dependent upon him. Um, and then it all goes wrong where we suddenly want to, we want to take charge. We want to know everything. Um, and really it's from that moment um, that we read in the scriptures that shame came in you know god created and they and it says in the bible that they felt no shame and then we want to be the judge we want to know you know we want to know all things we don't want to just be dependent upon what he says about us um but actually we want to know and we want to be in charge um and and then it says again in the bible that um we then, as soon as that moment happens, we, they, you know, the, the Adam and Eve, the first humans made coverings for themselves. And we read in the Bible, um, throughout the Bible, that covering, the, you know, is um, associated with shame. You know, it's, it's, it's 
I now know I can, my eyes are opened again in the Bible, my, their eyes have been opened. They're aware of things that they weren't supposed to be aware of. Um, they become the judge of what's, you know, good and evil, what's beauty and what's ugly, what's, you know, all of that. We're not, we weren't supposed to be the judge of that. We were to trust what God said about that. Um, and we begin to hide because we can see that we don't match up to what we think we're in, in charge of or we're, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, and so I think, yeah, I, I think the origins are in that, um, are there that, you know, we, we're not supposed to be, we're not supposed to be the judge. Yeah, definitely. And so you kind of started to touch on this, but what are some like ways that, um, you know, how do people react when they're experiencing shame or what are some of the um, effects of that in people's lives? Yeah, I think I said this and maybe in the, um, in one of the, uh, messages I gave that you were saying earlier um but I read this really helpful um psychologist um and she's a Christian psychologist but she's you know brilliant really well studied um she's got a really funny name (laughs) um her name is uh Karen Horney (laughs) which did make me giggle but there you go Great name, great name. Yeah. Um, and she says that when we experience shame, there's three movements. And this really resonated with me. And it, it is, certainly um, speaks to my experience. Um, but the first movement is that when we experience shame, we move away. And we've spoken about that a bit. We, you know, we, we move away, we hide. Um, you know those feelings. Maybe after a bad night out, you might wake up in the morning and be like, let you know have the you know you have the memories of last night and you're like I just want to escape I just want to hide I want to stay under this duvet all day that's you know that's shame that's this hatred of facing yourself um that day um and so yeah one movement is that we hide and um it's actually some really great questions that she's provoked um around this hiding some of the questions that you know just might help you relate um uh do you lie um about who you are and what you've done you know that's the way that we hide um do we put on a brave face when we're actually you know feeling pretty rubbish but we're like hey everything's great I'm fine you know everything's great you know you're hiding you're hiding what you're really feeling that's a sense of um shame are there secrets in your life that no one knows about you know that you are that if if the idea of someone knowing that it makes you feel like sick inside. You know, that's again, that we're, we're hiding. Um, and do you move away from relationships that get hard? You know, um, oh, that got a bit tough. I'm now gonna hide and run away from that relationship. Um, so maybe even some of that um, might relate to you. Um, the other, the second movement that she um, talks about is, um, is we move towards, and again, we've touched on this, and this is certainly, um, one of the ways it manifests in me, um, but we move towards others in our shame. That we are, um, that we're desperate for people's approval. Um, we have a, an acute desire to please others, and the idea of um, of being disapproved of or being um, rejected in that sense is just like the worst 
feeling ever because you know it's it, it, it sort of exacerbates this shame that you already feel about yourself so you sort of move towards others um and again she's given some great some great questions around this you know um do you work yourself into the ground for praise you know do you work really hard to you know to please others for praise of of of, of feeding that self-worth um are you a perfectionist you know um uh do you hold back what you actually really want to do you know you can't you know it's like should we all go to you know this place today and you really don't want to um but you have no power to say oh, actually i'd prefer to do this you know you're sort of moving towards wanting everyone to like you sort of squashing any sense of who you are um for the sake of others um and we look to others to justify our existence you know um you'll you'll you know you if i if i cling to you, you it will be okay your my safety is found in you um the third and then the third one that she talks about is that we move against um and again you see this as well and, and often we wouldn't necessarily think this is shame but it is again a manifestation of shame just in a different way that we um we feel so terrible about ourselves that we actually blame you know it's like, oh, but it's their fault you know um it you know i'm not taking any responsibility for you for that it's you it's you it's like this defense that is up around us it's their fault you know um, we might become really critical because actually we just fear failing you know there are so many times where um you know i would you know where you sit on the sort of sidelines of something and you're like oh they can't you know they're not very good at that or oh you know i could have done you know i could have done that when actually really deep inside you're feeling shame that I just don't have, you know, I, I, I'm going to fail at that, or I don't want to risk at that. It's easier to sort of criticize others and sit on the sidelines instead of taking that risk to risk that failure or to risk um, facing some of that shame within us. Um, so yeah, that's some of the stuff that, you know, really helped me when I sort of put this into practice. Yeah. I think asking those questions just provide a really clear path to self-assessment. And sometimes I think like realizing something about ourselves is that first step to growing in that area or experiencing freedom in that area. And so I am so thankful that, you know, you were able to share some of those and hopefully people are who are listening are able to just rewind and go back to them and ask themselves those questions. I know that when, when you first read through them two years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, like even in the moment, like there were certain ones that were like, oh, de that's definitely me. Um, I definitely experienced shame in that area. And I think like you said, it's to help identify as opposed to making us feel more rubbish. You know, it's just they're really helpful tools to identify, oh, I'm not free in this area. There's there's more freedom. There's more life for me to have. Um, and I think certainly for me in my university time, and I'm sure many of you are way more, um, you know, aware of yourselves than I was. But I didn't have any language for this. I just felt rubbish. You know, I just felt trapped. I felt completely um, isolated from the ability to have any control over my mind and I didn't have any language for what I was actually feeling does that make sense so then you can't move forward you don't know 
what's going on and so I think it was really helpful to identify it's like oh you're actually you know there's you know you're feeling rubbish about yourself and there is a journey that you can go on definitely I think too something that has helped me understand shame a little bit more is obviously we all make mistakes and we all miss the mark and we all make decisions that we look back on and we're like, that was a bad choice. And I think that is what I have heard is that is an experience of guilt, you know, looking back and being like that decision was bad or that action and shame tells us that like, because of that bad action, I am bad. Like the, act that has been done then is um then has authority to speak over who I am as an individual and I think that um in identifying ways that we experience shame it hopefully provides an opportunity to grow in the differentiation between what I've done as a person and who I am and realizing that we have the ability to live a life of freedom that says we are not limited or identified by our actions. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think that's really helpful, Christine, because I think, you know, you can live this um, outwardly perfect life where, you know, you're doing everything right, but you're still detesting who you are inside and so I think that's and so exactly that it's not even let's just modify our behavior and then we'll feel better about ourselves it's something so much deeper that needs unpicking um, and needs life spoken into your being and I found that through God and people um, and I, yeah, that I that is the only way to really begin to feed the in um, you know your, your inner being in that sense definitely What do you think are some practical steps that people can take to start on this journey of identifying and working through shame? Yeah. I mean, I would say that, um, you know, like I said, these things manifest, don't they, in behavior. Um, And it might be, you know, it might be that you are struggling with your, uh, body image, it might be that you're um, struggling in all sorts of um, different areas. And I would just say, for me, um, the, the, the really the, the beginning step to walking out of some of the, because you just form habits, don't you? you know, and so I sort of had formed habits, even though I was beginning to feed myself, you know, and feed off what God said about me and, you know, and, and that I don't have to be perfect to be accepted and all of that stuff. I still had formed habits um, that needed to be, I needed to make some choices. Does that make sense? And so for me, um, the, I guess the, the first step was exposing, you know, um, shame, shame um, lives in the dark, you know, it loves to, um, it, it becomes alive in those dark places. It wants to be hidden. Um, and so I think one of the biggest um, things for me is actually exposing the shame. And that just simply looks like finding someone who's really safe, that you know is safe, and just say, I want to confess or I want to tell you that this is 
what is going on in my mind and in my heart. Um, and you're opening it up um, into light in that sense. And you're um, and it and, it, and shame can't feed and it can't become big when you keep when you sort of um, bring that into the light with with someone or um, that you feel particularly safe with so for me um going to I, I found a great friend um you know sort of mentor type figure um and it was brutal because you know it, like I said it's that it wants to hide so you're like oh you know so going to someone and and saying I'm really struggling with my body image um was like uh, you know and actually what she gave to me was complete and utter acceptance and love um you know everything that I thought would be the opposite um and it was in that place that you're then I could begin to at least look at what was happening underneath some of this behavior um does that make sense totally I completely relate to having personally experienced that as well I know that for me personally, you and I have had many conversations of, um, you know, sharing about things that previously were only in my mind, you know, only thoughts that I had had about myself. Um, and I think the fear that I had around whatever those negative thoughts were, like the fear of sharing them was what kept me back from from saying them for so long. And I think just through, you know, taking small steps and sharing along the way creates this freedom from, you know, living inside of my head and only some, I feel like it just spirals the negativity around, um, yeah, shame and who I am and things like that. And so I think just that first step, allowing somebody to speak something different kind of starts to change that trajectory of like, it challenges the negative thought. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what does a, a shame-free life, you know, or a life with less shame kind of look like how do you identify that yeah and I, I you know I am not in a, I'm, I don't live and I won't <laughs> live um in a shame-free life but I have experienced so much freedom um in this area compared to what I was maybe even how old am I even like 18 years ago or whatever um and I think for me, what it looks like is shame. Like I said, it holds you back. It wants to gag. So, so for me, a lot of shame, you know, that I haven't really gone into, it, it was around my mind, you know, you know, don't say that you're stupid, you know, or don't say that no one's going to listen to you, you know, um, and actually it gagged me, it silenced me. It wants to, um, yeah, wanted to hold back what I had to say, my contribution, um, and so I think that's why it's so important that we grapple with some of this stuff, because actually there's stuff that you're designed to do. There's stuff that you're gifted at um, that shame is actually going to want to squash. It's, it's going to want to hold you back from the fulfillment of the stuff that's in you to do. 
Um, and so I think a shame freer life looks like being able to take those risks, being able to um, walk into more of the fullness of who you are, you know, who you created to be. Um, and certainly that is my experience. And you can take, you know, you're freer to take risks. You know, I'm not so afraid that I might fail or I'm not afraid that it's imperfect or um and I think the key thing for me has been it's taken my eyes off of myself. And I think that I, I think shame wants us to look in. Um, and, and I think what I've actually found in a healthy sense is I've become much more sort of self-forgetful in a good way because I'm not constantly thinking what this interaction is going to think is going to mean for me or what people are going to think of what I look like or what I'm actually way more interested in what that present interaction is or how I can come alongside someone else or do you know what I mean I think that's what I found there's a set there's a healthy sense of sort of getting over myself because I'm accepted as I am does that make sense Definitely. I think it provides an opportunity <clears throat> to be more present um, when you feel like you can embrace your authentic self and every step that you're taking is not trying to, um, you know, climb some ladder or um, achieve something. But there is a rest, I think, that comes in those moments of this is who I am. Yeah. And I'm going to do my very best with the life that I have to live. And I'm not going to be able to control yeah. everything else. And yeah. I think getting to walk that kind of life is so much more enjoyable than the life of like hustling, yeah. you know, to achieve something that, like you said at the beginning, will is unattainable, you know, achieving these these bars or goals that shame set for us yeah. are unattainable. Yeah. And so I think just like stepping off that kind of hamster wheel mentality and, and letting go of the, that achievement um, really provides a new way of living life. Yeah, absolutely. There's a huge amount of um, peace that comes um, in that sense for sure. For somebody who's listened and identifies with this experience of shame and also hasn't really explored faith or, um, but is open to that, what would you say to that person? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's really simply my story. God has um, completely changed my life you know really truly I um I gave up like you're saying I sort of gave up um the rat race you know the 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 bars that were set for me that I had put in place and it was just exhausting and I sort of just gave up and gave over and say god you know if you're real you know make yourself known to me and um and in that moment for me, God really made himself known to me. So I guess you know my challenge to you or you know the invitation is, um, why don't you just ask God? You know, God, if you're real, make yourself known to me. You know, it's a simple prayer um, and you've got absolutely nothing to lose. 
um, and see. And, you know, for me, it's been, you know, walking out of some of this um, stuff is there's a there's a there's a truth in the Bible that God says he's never, ever going to leave me. You know, he he's going to walk me, with me through this um through sort of unpicking some of this stuff and that's such a deep comfort to me that even if even if everyone around me rejects me even if you know I I experience you know sort of disapproval from everyone else I know that I'm ultimately approved of by God and that is hugely liberating hugely liberating um, and has brought me sort of liberation that that I can see as evidence of that it's not just wishful thinking you know I, my life has changed because I put my trust in God being the judge of who I am um so you know yeah it's always an invitation God never forces himself upon anyone um and it, it really is an invitation of asking God if you're real I need your help it might even just be that come and help me in this situation maybe that's your first confession today Yep, I think that's great. I have so enjoyed our time together. And at the end of each of our episodes, we ask uh, our guest five rapid fire questions. <laughs> so I'm going to ask them to you if you're ready. As long as they're not maths or times tables. No, they're definitely not. Okay. Just a little fun, few fun questions so people can get to know you a bit more. Um, so the first one is, uh, to finish this sentence, community is, um, a group of people that you feel able to be completely yourself with. Yes. A shared what? place of sharing. Yes. Yes. I agree. <laughs> what is your favorite takeaway? Oh, uh probably i love thai food but i am i'm getting quite into the turkish food as well mm, that sounds delicious love the picky food mm -hmm. same um what is something that you're binging right now it could be a book or a tv show or a podcast like something that you're really enjoying at the moment um do you know i've got four children and if I could binge on anything, it would be sleep. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so sadly, I can't say I'm binging on anything because I just don't have the time to binge. Um, but I am. Um, yeah, Johnny and I watched The Social Dilemma actually. Yes, last night. Really? How uh, was it? Have you seen it? I haven't. Oh, I would encourage you guys to watch The Social Dilemma. Okay. All about, all about social media. It's very, very interesting on okay. Netflix. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, I do. What's something that you have been grateful for in the midst of this year, this COVID experience we've all had? Um, I'm so grateful for my husband and my kiddos because when everything's been taken away, you're just left, aren't you? You know, with whoever you're in the home with. And I just am very grateful for them they're amazing they are amazing i agree <laughs> all right last but not least is a would you rather question 
Would you rather spend a day visiting uh, the time period 100 years ago or spend a day 100 years in the future? Oh, my days. Um, probably in the future. I agree. Would you say that? I think so. I'm just curious. Yeah, me too. I'm so curious. Mm-hmm. It would be like an adventure. And right now I feel like I could, I could totally go for an adventurous day. Yeah, it would help. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thanks so much, Amy. I have loved our time together. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Uni Life with Canvas Nottingham. If you have any comments or questions about Amy and I's conversation today, feel free to shoot us an email at unilife at canvashouse.org. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Canvas Nottingham to find out more information about events and things that we're doing at Canvas. Lastly, subscribe so that you know when the next episode of Uni Life drops. See you later!